Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Crucial Conversations. I'm joined with Don Wetrick. Don, how you doing? I'm excited for this one tonight, man. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we started recording, and uh, we stopped. And we had to come back to record again because I don't think that there was enough dialogue. Can I defend myself? <laughs> <laughs> it was my fault. So like I was so full disclosure, I was so in mode of wanting to hear your points that I just I was too reverent. And then all of a sudden, you know, when I pressed when we pressed stop, you and I started going back and forth and I was questioning on stuff and you're like, "Why didn't we record this?" <laughs> and and to my I was thinking about it because, like, you called me the next day, and you're like, "We okay, man?" Like, you because, like, and I understand, like, like you didn't give me any pushback, and so I, I thought about it, and like, you know what, the, the this the name of the show is Crucial Conversations, and it was just me listening. Yeah. And uh, until we stopped pressing record, okay, I was like, okay, I had to, I had to like search my feelings, like, why, why was I so daggone reverent? I mean, other than the fact that we're friends and everything, I was like, okay. So I guess like if we're going to be transparent, let's be transparent. And if we're going to get into it, let's get into it because that's the name of the show. And I want to, yeah, let's, let's reframe this. Yeah. So I'm going to open up with this. It is so easy right now to say black lives matter. Mm. It's the cool thing to do. It is, um, (laughs) it's marketable. It makes money right now. Um, you know, I, I shared the, the first time we had this conversation. I was watching the NFL and, you know, the Patriots, shout out to Cam Newton. He um, played well, but man, on the back of their helmets, they had Black Lives Matter. They had in racism in the end zone. They even played a little video of Colin Kaepernick. I heard. I didn't see the video, but I heard that they played it, and the NFL safety Eric Reed was all upset and said that it was despicable. However, it is highly marketable and easy to scream "Black Lives Matter." Um, but I'm an educator, and I work in a school, and I realized something. You know, all the way down, you know, you can trace history. And I, and I said this before, you know, from, from Frederick Douglass all the way to Martin Luther King to Barack Obama. We've always had people in America say that it like that or call out the social injustices and say a version of Black Lives Matter. Um and at times, just depending upon, you know, what time it is, I mean, you, you look at Abraham Lincoln and the work that he did in the work that he did with emancipating the slaves. Um, Frederick Douglass had a very, uh, 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 say, a different spin on Abraham Lincoln. He actually said in his book that, that he was he was not a president for black people, but he was a president for the the white man and his cause and it just so happened that the cause to free the slaves benefited the white man at that time 
and he did everything that he could to move America forward for the white man, but he was never the uh, the black man's president. He just helped uh, his causes had to, or is it, let me rewind. He said his causes at the time crossed paths with the causes of black people and he emancipated the slaves. That was a guy, that was from a guy who advised him. So I say that to say, I say in my opening statement that um, <clears throat> kids at schools, all kids, um, and let me, before I move on, you know, saying Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter is not a political thing. Um, it's simply saying that, man, Black Lives Matter just as much as any other life. Um, as a matter of fact, I know that there's an organization, um, but a lot of Black people, Black kids are not like followers of Black Lives Matter and as an organization, but more so aligning themselves with the with the meaning behind the statement. So what, what I'm seeing a lot of is um, a lot of people are um, against the organization, but a lot of people are just simply aligning with the statement. So be careful um, in that matter. Um, but I will say that there are students who are disengaged at every level at a school and um, what what we need more than a statement is action and the implementation of systems. Yeah, let's get into the implementation of systems because I, I like I understand what you're saying. Uh, matter of fact, it's been it's been tough because there has now been some criticism and some second looks on the difference between the saying and the organization. Um, right. That being said, that's not tonight's. That's not tonight's crucial conversation. No. Tonight's crucial conversation is the systems, because you can like whether you're for the organization or for the statement or both. Your point is, and what we're going to lay out today is, it, it doesn't matter unless you put in the work, and the work needs to be reexamined. Right, it needs to be looked at this at a system level. Right. So, uh, let me yeah sets you up what do you think needs to be changed at a system level so so let me just say that there there are no concrete there there are no concrete you do this and you 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 are a champion at you know equity at your school because really what we're talking about is equity right now right every school system every district has a different makeup of students um, has a has a different um, clientele that they serve. It is important for districts to look at the people and their strengths and their weaknesses, and then design systems around the strengths and the weaknesses of the people, so that way those people can thrive. It, it is, it is, I was thinking today in the car about this conversation. It's almost like football. Like, you know, everybody runs a pass play. Everybody runs a running play. As a matter of fact, there are only three different ways that you can run the ball. And there are three different places that you can throw the ball. You can throw it to the left, right, or the middle. You can run it to the left, right, or the middle. You can get fancy, run it to the right first, and then reverse it back to the left. Like, there ain't much you, you can do. 
but there are so there are so many different versions of that same play and it's based on the people that make up that team so i would say the the systems would have to start with like what's going on at your school like is is it first of all is there disparity or is there even an achievement gap at your school um because some schools don't have an achievement gap some schools do a really good job of closing the achievement gap and it and it's barely noticeable some schools don't have any black kids some schools don't have any white kids some schools don't have any asians so it just depends on your school and i know it's vague but like let me get into some more details let me give you an example like like a, a question what do what do students do after they graduate is are they getting and are they equal across the board whether it be black white sunshine yellow jamocha tan whatever they are what what do those students do and i'm saying all students just to keep the conversation the the focus the main thing yes we're addressing some of the achievement gaps but like what do those kids do? Do they have the same access to the information to make the same decisions on a daily basis to lead up to that point? Or is there a disparity? Do your do your black kids graduate but don't go to college? Do your white kids graduate and they go to college and they have access to opportunities that the black kids at your school don't? Or the Hispanic kids at your school don't? Or is it that black kids have more opportunities and white kids don't have the same opportunities? What I'm saying is, there there has to be a system to support everybody to get them to the point to be eligible for those opportunities. Okay, so what does that system look like? And, and quite frankly, how do you incentivize for it to be paid attention to? And uh, yeah, go that, ahead. We, we, think that, we think that every system needs an incentive, but really it just needs some caring adults. Like, mm. like, like seriously, like, um, so for example, uh, I'll, I'll give you, let's, let's look at athletics, right? Do all of your athletes at your school know um, what's required of them to be eligible to go through the NCAA clearinghouse, right? This is a tangible thing because most of your athletes are students of color. Um, and at universities, they're students of color um, or, you know, Know, of, or, of diverse background, historically underserved, underserved students, are, are they taking the right classes so that way they're eligible for the NCAA clearinghouse? Or are they taking classes just to be eligible? Yeah, a lot of times they're probably just taking classes just to be eligible. That's the least resistance. Yeah. Right. So we got basketball, weight training. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, my senior year, um, I, I was a junior and I had enough credits to graduate high school as a junior. And, and my senior year, my guidance counselor set me down and they gave me the dream schedule is what they called it because I had done so well my first three years and taken all of my hard classes. They said, we're going to give you all of the PEs that you did not take. And we're going to make sure that you have one English class because they saved that for last because they didn't want me to take English early because I would I would have no reason to come to school. But finding out, well, knowing what I know now, they could have given me AP classes. They could have given me dual enrollment classes and I could have earned college credits um, my whole senior year and went into college as a sophomore as opposed to a freshman. But they didn't. 
Um, they gave me PE classes and, you know, I, I thought it was fantastic then, but I was taking some bubble gum classes and that's my experience. But you know what? That's the experience of a lot of students right. uh, who look but like mean, me. But, but, but how do you, like you said, we need more caring teachers. How do you, how do you build that into the system? Because I agree. Yeah. Matter of fact, I had a discussion the other day with somebody and I was, you know, talking about you and I was like, if you put a Jamal into more schools, problems go away. But how do you replicate that? How do you make that a part of the system? But so this is so so that right there is is it's not a complicated thing. Like you know, administrator, get with your guidance counselors, um, get with the appropriate stakeholders, make that information uh, accessible, and then as your kids move through the system, you need to you need to mark them. These are athletes. I don't care. I don't care how well they play. They're athletes. If they if they desire to do that, our job, our jobs as educators is to amplify the dreams of our students. Man, if a kid says they want to be a carpenter, I'm going to the store and buying them some wood. If they say they want to build um, boats, I'm going to the store to buy them all the materials that they need. If they say they want to make water, I'm go. I'm taking them to the ocean. What I mean by that is if those students say that they that they have a desire to do those things, well, here's what it really takes. Let's talk about these academics. You need these core classes. So as a freshman, I'm going to make sure that you're enrolled in these classes, and then I'm going to monitor um, you throughout. I'm going to make sure that you have the grades that, that are necessary, and then if I see you failing, if I see you falling, I'm going to make sure that you have access to tutoring. I'm gonna make sure that you have access to resources that's gonna help you be successful. I'm gonna I'm gonna communicate with your parents. And guess what? What if the parents are, are are not there? I'm gonna build such a stronger relationship with you that that you respect me enough to listen to my guidance. And once kids know that we care, they'll be willing to do anything that we tell them to do, especially if we can connect their story to the story. Um, we can connect their personal story to the story of success that we see for them. Okay. So let's dig deeper. So I agree with that, right? The, it's the old adage. Students don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right? I get that. Get that. Love that. However, there is a deeper issue here mm-hmm. where how do you build into a system? I mean, like it, it, it's still down to want and quality of teaching. Yeah. Because like how how do you make it a process and a system to say to teachers and by, by the way this sounds like common sense. Yeah. But common sense sometimes is uncommon. But how do you make it into a, a procedure and practice of like just care a little more. Like get to know your students interest and, and have time to build around it, which by the way, sounds shockingly like what I believe in with genius hour and passion projects and capstones and all these things. So is that, is that like a, would that be a system that you would want or should there be yeah, like, you have okay. to, you have to look at, you have to look at everything that is running at a school. Like you got to look at all the resources, the community members, like you got to look at every stakeholder. So let me, right. But there's a micro level here. I mean, so in a, in a, in a, in a, in a school that has maybe 2000 people, you may have 2000 different individual interests and passions. Right. That's, I mean, that's where it gets difficult. And that's one where people are saying change the system. Well, systematically, that's really tough. 
Yeah, yeah. Hard, but hard doesn't give us an excuse not to try. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> but but I say that's like because I'm like I'm just thinking about so, how how do you so mandate or, or how do you incentivize better caring, uh more focused on student passion type of educating? So kids people come in groups like there are groups of of students like i don't and i don't think i get what you're saying but like it's not it's really not that complex like kids who are athletes let's stick with that one example kids who are athletes and then expand out kids who are athletes you know they're athletes because they sign up for sports that's a fall sports meeting and you're saying like, hey, we've we've updated our, our our course selection to indicate which classes are needed that athletes should take. So as you're picking your electives, as you're picking your core classes, make sure that you're mm. picking these classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when you come in, and you know, we we have a we have a little slot on our course selection slate that says an athlete check yes no. Um, and then from there, you know, if they check yes, the guidance counselor that that flags the guidance counselor to look a little bit a little bit closer because you're you're exercising the authority of the pen. Yeah. And, oh man, you're a freshman. You need you know you you just took algebra and, and now I need to make sure that you take the the next class. Some in some states it's geometry, right. um, but don't put me in 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 that in between class that's just an elective. Uh, Push, push, push me into that into that core class that I need, and give me support. Like, don't put me in the remedial class because I I got a C in algebra and I didn't do so well. So I want to give give myself a gap year in between algebra and geometry, so that way I can make sure that my test scores are protected. No, make sure that those kids get those classes and, and set up and set up a system of support to make sure that they are um, taking the appropriate classes. I mean, yeah, taking the yeah. Appropriate- so, so that's uh, yeah. one. But then, if if it's theater, right? What's what's required to go that path in life? If it's I want to be a doctor, what's required to go that path in life? Like, oh, you want to be a doctor, so you need to be really taking biology classes. You 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 need to focus in all sciences. So all of your electives need to be science because we really want to make sure that you have enough information in your mind to get to the next level. And if you don't have a program at your school that pushes kids out and, and, and gives them classes that they will take, um, as time as, to open source. Yeah. Like open source, y- utilize your dual enrollment programs. Like, like think about your resource. And, and that's why I was starting with the stakeholders. Like what, what's the community? Listen, you go to your little local shops, your Chick-fil-A's, your, 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 your Wendy's, your Dunkin' Donuts and say, hey, man, um, I, we're looking for a sponsor to sponsor our tutoring program. Um, you know, let's set up spirit nights here and all the all 10 percent. If, if you give us 10 percent of the sales that we generate for you, we will um, use all of that money for tutoring for our for our athletes. And our tutoring can be sponsored by Wendy's. Our tutoring can be sponsored by Chick-fil-A. And don't tell me it can't happen because we're doing it now. Yeah. No, it also, I'm like, I'm trying to think of this. In some ways, it's almost kind of like a marketing term, uh, like understanding your target audience and personas. Like there could be maybe at least, let's just say, like show 10 different varieties and pathways in scheduling. Because a lot of times there's like four. (laughs) And I'm being, and my dad was a guidance counselor and he'll probably call me like, no, no, you're oversimplifying. But like have 
a lot more options of predictable outcomes. So you're interested in this. A lot of times people take that. And then on the common stereotype of like, well, this is what a lot of theater majors do. And, and then point out like the mistakes that they made. like, you know, oftentimes people assume that if you're a theater major or you're an athlete, you can just rest easy and take these classes. We recommend taking these classes. Yeah, you might want to take some psychology classes if, if, if you are an acting major because there are different types of <laughs> method acting. Yeah. And, there's, uh, yep. and then there's one that will mess you up psychology. Look, look, look at the Joker. Look at Tupac. You know, they say Tupac died because he thought he was Juice. He thought he was Bishop from Juice. <laughs> like, he really thought he was a thug. Like, he, he, they say he never came out of that character. He went to Las Vegas and kicked the guy in the head who was who was in the game because he thought he was Bishop. Wow. Well, I, I, yeah. So I like. I'm starting to see that. Uh, like, I, I just, I just know. So, so every now and then, I'll, I'll, I'll get people. Let me pause you. Let me pause you real quick because you mentioned something, and I want to expound on an educational principle. And like, I, I, I need administrators to hear this. Like, like your master schedule at your school speaks to these things like it has to be more than just let me make sure my sciences are there my my english is my english is there like when people look at your math schedule can they see or can they feel uh the the concepts that you put in there for all students did you consider these groups of students um as the athletes the the thespians the people who want to be doctors do you have classes that reflect your community of students and their beliefs and their thoughts and and does your does your master schedule allow time for tutoring does your master schedule um uh speak to you know your your advanced students in their courses people who just want to go to school to be uh to be scholarly like like how does your master schedule address um low performing students just and we were talking about general education now we're not even talking about the specialized things like do you have an esports class there's a kid in my school making like $300 a day playing games like where where where's a class set for him do you have see, do you yeah. have something for him see again I'm, i i see this and i see exactly why i had the innovation and open source learning class because like the amount of micro uh, classes that they wanted to take, there's just no way that you could fit all those needs, but you can if you have a class called Innovation Open Source Learning. Yeah. Be so, because but, that kid that, ironically enough, that's when we started our esports team five plus years ago, is because mm -hmm. they're like, give me time to research this, give me a little bit of uh, resources and let me be. And so we we're able to have them investigate it and, and collaborate and open source that learning because. I didn't know how to teach esports, but they found people to help out that would. Right. right. So, so really, really, really what it comes down to is building building programs and building systems of support for students. And yes, it, one solution is uh, innovation, an open source class, but like it takes time to build anything of significance. So maybe you start this year with one class and one teacher. And now listen, the, the <laughs> administrators, the days of just, you know, rolling up and starting a program you know, that that's at a financial deficit are over. Like you're going to have to have interest. You have to generate interest. You have to rally people. And you may start with one course along that track. You may have one-on-one and then you roll that into a one-on-one and a one-on-two. 
and you take a class all the way through and you and you grow a teacher here, you grow a teacher there. I mean, they deal with IB programs. I mean, like like there's nothing stopping us from as as leaders as being innovative to create systems. And we're just talking about academics. Um, there's still a social emotional need, but at, at the end of the day, like like and I'll say this with with great just passion and, and confidence. Like if if it if a system broke a group of people, it's going to take a system to build them up. That's a good one to end on. It's a good one to end on. I I I I understand what you're saying. I um I think a lot of times complex problems often need simple solutions and it's overlooked because it can be a simple solution. And I think what we've talked about today like you said, it could be started with a simple solution and then gaining feedback. What came out of it? How did you handle it? Did you just start with one course? You know, what did that get you? What did the students appreciate it? What were the outcomes? I like that. I, I like that approach. And then, and then possibly creating a system off those outcomes and, and reflections. A lot of times what you will find Don, is you have all of the, the ingredients already at a school. It's just how you organize those resources. I've heard stories of of schools that I'm, I can't even say because because I'd, I'd break the I'd break the the trust of people who told me the story. But but just but just know that a lot of times the the resources are already there. It's just how we organize them and how we give the the people around us access to that information. I, I'll challenge, I will challenge any teacher, administrator, go to your school and ask kids like your your premier program, right? Or something that you feel and maybe is not getting the traction that 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 you want. Um and just say, hey, are you aware of this? Like, like I go around all the time and ask, I ask kids, hey, are you aware that you can, you know, earn college credits um, the second semester of your freshman year? If you have a 3.0, you can start earning college credits. They have no idea. Parents have no idea. And it's not like parents of just, you know, one group of people. It's all people. And like, and like I do want to say this, just, just to, to, to make this statement. Like, Skin color, like it, it, it really doesn't matter other than the fact of like the disparities that exist between the different groups. So, so I, I say that to say like when you're looking through, like just solve the problems for people. Like, like, like look at it. Yeah. Like, like focus on like different groups and you will see like, oh man, my ESC kids, a lot of them are are black and Hispanic. And that's just the historical truth around the nation right now. But like, it doesn't have to be that way at your school for the, the life of your school. What I'm saying is look at the data, find out what the data is really saying. And I know this sounds really boring, but like just solve the problems for the groups of people. Don't don't make it a, a skin color thing and, and a, a pity party. Just solve those problems. And a lot of those problems are very simple solutions. Just solve the problems at a simple level and then add complexity as you go. Hmm. There you go. As always, we love feedback. Um, you can always reach us on the Facebook page also by email crookjamal at gmail.com 
dwetrick at startedupfoundation.org. Let us know. Much better episode tonight. Appreciate you wanting to redo this one. <laughs> Way better conversation. I, I hope that uh, we get some feedback on this one. Other than that, for Jamal Crook, this is Don Wetrick reminding you there's opportunities everywhere. We'll see ya.